Hello and welcome back to Living in the And. Is that the name of our podcast? I just it's, it's been a quick minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are we? Uh-huh. What is the name of our podcast? We are back. It's been a hot minute. Life happens. The fall is hard. Um, but we are going to talk today about our kids and their faith and how um, we are learning to let go and give space to our kids to find their faith outside of us. Um yeah, I think a lot of times, like back in the olden days, the 90s and 2000s, <laughs> they're the olden days In now. the 1900s, uh-huh, as 1900s. my youngest would say. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, I think this process kind of would start more when you were in your 20s and 30s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of trying to re-identify like what your faith journey is outside of your parents. And um, I know that both of us, with our boys, um, your oldest, is he 18 now? 17. 17. And then my oldest is 16. And so we're trying to allow our kids to find those things out more now instead of that like sudden shock of college, young adult years, now identify your faith away from your parents. Yeah. And I just, you know, way outside of, yes, I think, I think I've gone through stages and phases with this. So my husband and I came to faith independently of our families and independently of our, of each other. And so our faith is very personal to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when we had kids, we, we, before we had kids, we actually talked a few times about, um, like what we wanted it to look like, you know, raising these kids and going to church, because we were so appreciative of the fact that we got to choose. Mm-hmm. We chose our faith. We chose going to church. We chose, um, oh my gosh. Is that cat eating that wire? Felix. Yes. And look, his arm this is, is stuck. This is like the real life stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome okay, to the fish house. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, sorry if I get distracted. I okay. might have to lock him out. But we, we just were concerned about raising our kids up in the church and their faith being just because that's what we do as a family or that's what mom and dad do, or they, there's this expectation of faith um, in their lives. And so then we had kids. And then I think as a parent, you, you parent with a little bit of, with, I don't even want to say a little bit, with a lot of fear. Lots. I yeah. Mean, they're in you. Yes. Like that's when the fear begins. And so you fear, there's a lot in, in my opinion in American Christianity, it, there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. in American Christianity and how we preach and how we, we pursue our faith in this country instead and of religion peace. in general. Yeah. It actually is a, like a, an umbrella of like religion, multiple religions after talking to so many different, yeah. so many, <laughs> and I'm not talking to everybody also documentaries, yeah. but like you do feel that that is kind of an umbrella over religion. Don't you think? Yeah. It's like fear based. Mm-hmm. And so I thought we had to do all the things, right? Like we had to have the devotionals and the kids had to go to BBS and we had to go to church every Sunday and on and on and on and on. And it wasn't until the COVID pause when that really was a gift for me as a church attendee of asking myself, what do I want this to look like for myself? And then what do I want this to look like for my kids? And so um, we are really in a um, unique situation, I think, in our family because I have a lot of a lot of peace now, thankfully, with where we're at as a family when it comes to faith. And I don't force anybody to go to church on Sunday. I ask. Um, now, my kids are 13, 14, and 17, and I do think that we have built a foundation in their lives by going when they were little and exposing them when they were little to all the things. Um, but 
I did tell, we did tell the boys, like you guys, we're going to have, we're going to go occasionally together. Right. But I'm not going to force you. Now, if I see you're just being lazy, then we're going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, My oldest will go with his friends more than he'll go with us to his friends' churches, which I really appreciate because he's being exposed to something different Mm -hmm. than what we are exposing him to. Um, But it's so funny because I went to church by myself on Sunday. My husband is traveling, so he had to leave at like 10 a.m. So he didn't go with me. And then um, the other two were still sleeping and I wanted to let them rest. And then the third, I, the oldest I asked and he just said no. And so when in the back in the day, I would have been really upset, I think. And I would have been really insecure walking into church by myself with all the eyes on me. Why is this woman walking in without her family? And that's sad too. If you think about it, that my instinct walking into a church is that I'm going to be judged for walking in alone. Mm. That's something we could talk about probably on another podcast episode, but to walk in with confidence, knowing that I know that, and I believe that God is big enough to meet my family where they individually need to be met. And I'm going to go where I need to be met. Yeah. You know, my Mm -hmm. faith is not their faith. My journey with God is not their journey with God. And if I believe that God is as big as he says he is, then I have to give my kids the freedom to find him on their own. And it has actually led to more poignant and deeper faith-driven conversations in our family than just going on an average Sunday. Yeah. And even like beyond the depth of that, if you simplify it from like a time management perspective, I'm very schedule oriented, time conscious. I feel like I grew up in a family where like time was drilled into you in a very specific way. Um, You know, allowing your kids to manage their time differently and listening to their mind and body and spirit on what they want to do and how they want to allocate rest, what rest looks like. I love that. You know, so even like on a simplified basis, like, okay, I'm going to let you listen to your body and your mind that today you just want to rest because this is a day and age of like, Severe busy, yeah. Like even in the church, just everywhere yeah, because this is they, a world of they're busy. expected to be there on Wednesday and on Sunday, and then go to this activity right. and do that. Right. And I also believe that we have structured a lot of churches, and I'm talking in generalities, have structured youth stuff in a certain way that might not feed the needs of these kids. Right. Like my oldest, that Wednesday night is he bothering? No. Okay, the cat is back. That Wednesday night youth group is not for him. It's actually not for any of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pomp and circumstance and games and stuff, he's like, Mm-mm, this is not my jam. Like, yeah, this is overwhelming. This isn't, I'm not getting anything out of it. So why am I going to force my kid into something? Because there's an expectation that that's how you do it as a Christian, as a Christian parent and family. Um, I just hope when they are adults, they can appreciate um, that we gave them the freedom to choose. I think there's mm-hmm. some, there is power in that, in that freedom to choose. Like you said, even your time management mm-hmm. and what you want that to look like. Yeah. In these teen years, like we're preparing them to leave our home, hopefully, mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. successful human beings. And it, it starts in the small decisions and not having that forced mentality, I think allows your kid to be free, free in who they were created to be. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit about our journey with our oldest. Um, we've always gone to a really large church, very big. He's never been comfortable. I mean, he was that kid that was crying in fourth grade to, cause he didn't want to go to church and yeah. didn't want to be at camps. And, you know, I thought that's what you did and that's yeah. what you had to do. Yeah. And on it, I wanted him to have experience 
And so I'm trying to remember, maybe it was around sixth or seventh grade. Maybe it was seventh grade. Um, we switched to a small school. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan's always been a quieter, more introverted kid. Like you just can't help who your kid is. I thought because he grew up going to camp all summer, you know, in the years of being a single mom and a working parent, he yeah. was always at camp, had to do things just because I needed him taken care of. And mm-hmm. I thought he would be a well-adjusted, flexible human. You can't help who your kid is. It's no matter so what you do, they are going to be who they're going to be. So yeah. Once we went to this small school, he got invited to this smaller church. And at first it was like, yeah, sure, of course, go on Wednesdays. You don't like our big Wednesday night or they changed it to Sunday at that point. Great. After about a year, he went to their church camp. And then he started saying, like, I want to go on Sundays, too. I never want to walk into that big church again. I've never Mm. felt welcome. I've never felt seen. I hate that in small group people are talking about football. Like, there's no depth. Dylan's got a lot more depth than a typical yes, team does too. emotional and yeah. wants to have intentional yeah. conversation, not this, you know, the shorter mm-hmm. simplicity, which I get, I'm terrible at small talk. So yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, and so we've let him just soar in that small independent environment and he has found his tribe. He's gone on mission trips. He's getting ready to go on another one. He loves going. He plays in their band or their like yeah. youth band. And that led to two of his best relationships he's ever had mm. with these older guys that have taken him under their wing. And then now they go to an at-home Bible study with a bunch of people from different churches. That's and cool. it's small and it's intimate. And Jill is still an introvert, but allowing him to be free in his environment. So this is weird. Whenever I go to his church, it was like student-led Sunday. I always feel like I have to justify, like, well, we go to church too. Right. Well, the that again like the fact that we don't have that freedom to just be Show like up. you say who we are and walk into a space like that but maybe we do and that's maybe it's our, on us it's our own I, do. I think yeah. it is i really yeah. do i think it's our own mindset and our own maybe and people aren't maybe thinking about us that it's much and it's both it's yeah. what you do in church and it's our own thought yeah. process and yeah. so that's the compromise yeah. of both but like i'm going to be like yeah, we go to a regular church like that. Right. You don't have to. Yeah. We're good. We're you don't good. have to convert us yeah, here. Yeah, We're yeah. not sinners. <laughs> oh, we are sinners. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I was thinking while you were talking, I would so much rather my kid not go to church under my roof so we could work out and talk about, <laughs> sorry, talk about um, faith stuff and church stuff while they're under my roof. You know, they talk a lot about when kids go to college and how they drop out of church and all that kind of stuff. Um, Why not have them not go while they're under your roof so you guys can process that together? I remember going with my um, middle, we went, just he and I, and when we left, I asked him something like, do you want me to, do you want to go to church regularly with me? Like, what do you want this to look like? And he goes, I don't know if I want to go regularly, but I do want you to ask me. And I really appreciated mm-hmm. that. Like, I thought that was a very mature thing yeah. for a 14 year old to say. And again, I love that he had the freedom and ability to say that. Like he felt safe enough with me to say, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this consistently, but I do want to have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. That's, is probably a lot of teenagers right now, you know, preteens, teenagers probably feel the same way, but don't have, feel secure enough to say that to their mom and dad Yeah, because their mom and dad is going to fear, oh my gosh, you've lost your salvation. Uh-huh. And 
really it's just them figuring out who they are and what they want that to look like. And I think it's okay. And maybe if we decide to deregulate church and what it looks like, then people will be able to gather and truly find God in, in whatever form that they need to. I'm not saying God in a form. I'm saying like their physical faith journey form um, that fits their needs at that time in their life. Yeah. I think it goes back to anything in parenting and life and relationships. It's what you create in your home. Like you could have somebody that goes to church every Sunday and they're horrible human beings because I've seen them. I'm sorry, but I've seen your horrible children and they're at every youth event under the sun because they're human. But just because you think think they're in youth, so then like they're going to be good kids. Right. Yeah. 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 I was actually, I I have two stories of how or why this kind of came to be in our family. One was I watched a friend of mine whose mom passed away and their faith, the rest of the family's faith crumbled after she passed because she really held the keys to all of their faith. Mm -hmm. She was that glue that held that family together. And when she passed away, it was multifaceted and much deeper than that. But that was a big component of it is once that matriarch passed away, these, the rest of the family didn't know what to do with their Mm -hmm. faith because they didn't have their own personal faith. They Mm -hmm. didn't realize how much tied it was to her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want that. I don't want my kids to leave my home and think, well, I do church because that's what my mom expects or wants. And I don't want my kids to go to church because they feel guilty. Like mom or dad are going to be upset that I don't go. Like Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a horrible way to live your faith. Yeah. That's a lot of shame that I don't want. That's unnecessary for them to carry. The other one was interesting. It was yesterday when I went. And let me just say, I did not feel like going to church yesterday. I was very tired this weekend. We had a lot going on. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm just going to go. And it was one of those times when I needed to hear what was said. But at the end, he talked about his wife. He shared a story that when they were dating, she was at a like a Methodist church. So more, um, I don't want to say legalistic, but more traditional, like a Catholic church. And so you're salvation, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? Not like the regular Christian non-denominational churches have. So his mom um, prayed the salvation prayer with her and she just repeated the words because she felt like that's what you do, right? And it wasn't until after, this was before they got married, it wasn't until years after they were married that they were, he was a youth pastor, they were leading a youth conference and someone came to speak and he was talking about that like salvation and what that really looks like in the personal relationship and she looks at her husband and says i'm not saved because all she did was repeat a prayer right. she didn't have that moment of of change and acceptance and it wasn't personal it was just a repetition of a prayer and so i think we don't realize how often all of us not just our kids are going through the motions kind of like what you said going through the motions of this is what we do on Sunday. Then we take our kids here on Wednesday mm-hmm. and then we're all going to be okay. And we all have our faith. And for me, I feel like it's like Dylan. It's so much bigger and deeper mm-hmm. and, and maybe even quieter mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's okay to give our kids the opportunity to find it in a different way than what we're showing them in church. Yeah, I agree. And how you live that out in your home and in conversation in the car, that that is truly where church lives out. Yeah. You know, in the in, in the way you talk about people and the way you criticize people and the way you talk about celebrities or which I'm super guilty of um, kind of coming at things with a critical eye. Yeah. And those kinds of conversations truly shape who our kids are. Yeah. The safety they're going to feel with us. 
right? How our relationships with our kids shape how they see God. Yeah. I see that play out a lot with my parents, you know, and even when you think about your relationship with your dad, how do you parallel that with your relationship of how you see God? Like those things align so much more than getting up on Sunday morning and going to a youth group on a Wednesday night. It's so true. It's what flows out of your mouth and what comes out of your, you know, is brewing up in your mind. Yeah. That is living out faith and even community. How do you live in community with people? You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a forced group. It could be getting together with a few families here and there and having a meal. Yeah. That is living church. I think so too. I really do. Um, Oh, I was going to say something. Oh, I feel like our conversations too, I have a more of maybe an awareness of what that looks like and maybe because of the age that they're at too. But since we are not consistently going as a family, I do have more of an awareness of how we talk and what we talk about um, in our house. And I will say um, it must have been not that long ago because we've only been in the house for two years. I remember the conversation was happening in our kitchen and my husband said, you are much more at peace now than when we went consistently. Like Mm -hmm. we were talking about church and it's true because I've let go so much of the, I have to's Mm -hmm. and it feels so good and so freeing. Um, I had coffee with a girl at the church that I now go with, go to, and we were talking a little bit about this and we've kind of had similar journeys and I was so appreciative of where she's at, what she's doing in that church. And I won't give too much detail in case someone listens and they know, but there wasn't an expectation that her husband did X, Y, and Z and her kids were involved in this in order for her to have the position she does in church. And I really appreciated that Mm -hmm. because they see that there is something in her that her gifting that can be utilized in a positive way for their church. And they don't need this. Well, Oh, you can only do that. These stipulations, right? Mm -hmm. I loved that freedom. And I hope and pray that maybe we'll get there a little bit more because more and more people are saying, I don't know, this just doesn't meet the needs of where I'm at in my life anymore. How can I have a faith outside of this structure that we've built? And there's nothing wrong with it because I know there's a lot of people that actually thrive on that and they need it and they need that structure and they need those Wednesday nights or those classes or those programs or whatever. But I think like you said at the beginning, it's living in the end. It's having both the opportunity to live freely in your faith and what that works for, for, looks like for your family and then have all the programs for those that need it. Yeah. I think, and it comes and goes in seasons, just like anything, like you'll go in a season and you're like, I'm feeling a little lonely right now. Let's plug into a group. And then you're like, wow, that was exhausting. I got along with no one or I made a few really great relationships and let me carry that on. Yeah. Um, And we did seasons of groups. And when I thought maybe I wanted to do it again, my husband was like, are you freaking kidding me? Remember that time (laughs) commitment? But now I get to see people in those groups we did and resting in. I have no expectation of our relationship other than, hi, good morning. How are you? It's really good to see you. Mm. And that's been a really big thing. Yeah. To get comfortable enough to see people you were in groups with without expectations. Yeah. That is freaking hard. It is hard. Because <laughs> you and have feelings and you think they have feelings. Yeah. And, and you you don't want to get caught up in your assumptions of their expectations of yeah. you too. And that's what I think we need to free our kids of. Yeah, I agree. Is that there's a certain expectation and that's across the board in all aspects of their lives, right? Yeah. But there's a certain expectation that when, if you're a Christian kid, this is what it's going to look like. I don't know. I just, I am really enjoying the freedom that my kid, this cat in you, 
He's literally climbing on her chair and on in her body. <laughs> I think the beautiful thing that both of us realize is that we have found freedom in allowing our kids to have their own freedom journey with how community and religion look in their lives. Yeah. And I think they're better better boys for it. I agree. Good job, us. Good job. <laughs> We're going to end it on that note. Uh, <laughs>